The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Again, Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's View podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and today we're going to be joined by Patricia Trena of Giants Maven and Locked On Giants as we talk a little bit about uh, Sunday's Jets-Giants game and, and mostly about the uh, the state of your 2-7 and seven New York Giants. Patty, the... Uh, the, the state of the Giants at this point, uh, it, it can't be considered a good one. No, it's not, Ed. I mean, every week it seems to be the same issues. You know, it, it, there's no answers. There just seems to be no solutions to it. And I I can't figure this out. I don't know if the players can figure it out. I don't know if the coaches even know what's going on. I mean, they, they claim that they're practicing well. They claim that – they know what the problems are, that they're not the same problems every week, but yet we see the same results. So I, I'm, I don't know what to think anymore. Well, Patty, one of the things that, that I think and one of the things that, that I have written and said you know, consistently is that I don't see this Giants team roster-wise as a, as a playoff team, as a contending team, but I see this roster – as one that should be better than two and seven, one that should that should have a couple more wins. It, to me, to me, what we're getting is is a performance that doesn't equal the the uh, the talent or the ability that they have. Um, and I I don't know I don't know if you see that the same way. Yeah, I I, I do actually, and you know. How much of that is coaching? How much of that is the players just not um, grasping what they're being taught to do? I, I, I just don't know. But I did see some things in the beginning of the year that I said, okay, this this might be worth keeping an eye on. And And one of the things, and I know we've talked about this before, Ed, is when they decided to turn the locker room into a, par- a partial lounge and, you know, I don't want to keep going back to the to the past because I know people get tired of me doing it, but I think it it, it's, it warrants it. When Tom Coughlin was here, 
he did not allow the players to, to, to play games in the locker room. They couldn't play cards or, or connect four or ping pong or anything like that. He did not allow them to bring food into the locker room. He did not allow them to take naps in the locker room or lounge around. He insisted that that locker room be a place of business. If you wanted to go eat, you go to the cafeteria. If you wanted to go take a nap, you could go to your car, you could go to a separate lounge that they have or go to the trainer's room. And I just feel like that the lines have been blurred. And and now we see Pat Shermer and the giant players, the, the veteran leaders kind of pulling back on that. And what bothered me is um, last week, I, I saw, uh, I'm sorry, not last week, uh, the other day, I saw guys engaging in ping pong games and and i'm thinking to myself what are you guys doing you guys are struggling why are you playing ping pong when you should have your faces in your in your playbook and i just the culture you know they talk about the culture and everything and and i'm like that's part of it and i i, I i'm just confused by what i've been seeing yeah i'm confused as well patty because i think that uh that that the performance just doesn't equal the, the sum of the parts, I guess. And, 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 you know, before we talk about, before we talk about Pat Shermer and, and, you know, where he stands at this point, I need to ask you about DeAndre Baker. I have had people say to me that, that the Giants really might need to sit DeAndre Baker for a game or two and let him clear his head you let him see the game, you know, from the sideline a little bit. Are you at this point? You know, we we all know that rookie cornerbacks tend to struggle in the NFL, but are you at, at this point at all worried about the Giants losing DeAndre Baker or DeAndre Baker maybe not having the future that the Giants, you know, hope that he'll have? Well, yes and no, Ed. I think part of this is on DeAndre Baker. You know, he he came out after the Monday night game and basically said he's got to do a better job with learning his playbook. And, you know, that kind of bothered me because that's on the player. If you are going to sit there, and I appreciate the honesty, don't get me wrong, and I I hate like heck to, to kill a kid for being honest, but if you're going to sit there and say, I got to do a better job learning my playbook, now, I'm going to sit here and wonder, well, what the heck are you doing during the day? Are you futzing around playing ping pong when the doors are closed? Are you sitting on the couch taking naps, playing on your phone? What exactly are you doing when you should be learning your playbook and better understanding what it is you are doing? So in that regard, you know, DeAndre Baker is the master of his his own ship, and I think he can he can, you know, correct that. Now, the other side of that coin is – how is he being taught by the coaching staff? Is he, you know, is stuff so complex that he's just not grasping it? And maybe he's embarrassed to speak up and say, hey, I don't understand what's going on. I need help. I don't know the answer to that. But in terms of confidence, DeAndre Baker, you know, I, I talk to him quite a, quite a bit. And I don't think, and he tells me I haven't lost confidence in myself. But the body language tells me a quite a different story. You know, it's like he's looking down at the ground when he's talking. He won't look me in the eye like he used to. And, you know, y- you kind of feel for the kid a little bit. But at the same time, if something's not working, you got to take take the initiative and figure out how to fix it. And I'm just not so sure that that's happened. So to your question, 
Would it help him if they sat him down for a little bit? I can't see where it would hurt. It might wake him up and say, hey, you know, I got to do better. I got to put in more of an effort. I've got to, you know, speak up when I don't understand something. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that that would not be a bad idea at this point. You know, Patty, I think one of the things with young players, they come into the league, you know, like a guy like Baker and, and other young players, you come into the league, you know, having been the best at whatever you do, you know, for, you know, for a long period of time, you were the best in high school, you were the best cover corner in college, you didn't give up a touchdown for two years. You come into the league having more or less relied greatly on your natural ability. The NFL becomes a different animal in terms of how good everyone is, in terms of the study and the preparation that it takes. And I think we've seen it before. Some guys are able to adapt to that, and and other guys just have a hard time understanding how to study, how to prepare how valuable, you know, Monday through Saturday are and, and how valuable, you know, those those minutes in the day are that that they spend, you know, doing things that that are are not productive toward being a better player. Yeah, and and, and it, it it's so true because, you know, and, and I'm it's funny because I was talking with somebody about this yesterday. I said sometimes guys come in and and they were the big man on campus and what you did in college no longer matters. You know, Pat Shermer has said this, and this is actually one of the things I agree with him about. Once you set foot on the campus at East Rutherford, what you did before, nobody cares. Nobody cares that you were a first-round pick or a seventh-round pick. It's what you do from that day forward. And if you're going to cling to what you did before, guess what? You're going to flop. And I think that's what you might be seeing in this case with DeAndre Baker. I, I wonder if, you know, he's maybe clinging to, to what he did before that got him to the NFL. Once you get to the NFL, that's one thing. It's staying in the NFL, which is, is where the challenge really begins. All right, Patty. Obviously, we don't want to pick on DeAndre Baker and turn this into uh, into the DeAndre Baker show. We, we've kind of danced around the coaching topic a little bit. And I think that, you know, when you talk about a team that that's two and seven and, and we both agree should be better than that, we have to talk about the head coach. And I think for the very first time on Monday night, I heard players asked if they still had faith in Pat Shermer. And obviously, players are going to say that they do. That's they're not going to sit there in a post-game locker room and, and and criticize the head coach. And I I think they haven't lost, or Pat Shermer hasn't lost this locker room. But you know, for the first time, I'm really beginning to wonder. You know, I've always thought Shermer was going to get at least three years. To, to kind of turn this around. And, and to be honest, I still think that. But for the first time, I've started to really wonder you know, how much longer, you know, Pat Shermer has to, to start to get this right. He needs to start showing growth as a head coach, Ed. He, you know, a lot of the problems that we see now, I think, existed when he was in Cleveland. 
And, you know, you talk about a player growing and getting better. Is Shermer growing and getting better? I, I don't know that we can say that. And that's that's what kind of cracks me up a, a little bit about this thing. It's like everybody says, oh, the players, the players, the players. The coaching has to grow too. You know, what? and, and just to, to add to that, uh, James Betcher is under fire. And, and I talked about before with DeAndre Baker how what you did before that got you to this point doesn't matter. And here we see James Betcher, you know, relying on what he did in, in Arizona, even going so far as to bringing in some of his, his former players from that, those Cardinal defenses and trying to catch lightning in a bottle again. And it doesn't work that way with coaching a real, if you look at some of the real good coaches in the NFL, what do they do? They adapt to what they are given. They adapt to their circumstances. Yes, they have a core foundation as to how they run their program. But football, every week, you adapt. You have to adapt. You can't just say, we're going to do this. We, you know, And in case in point, with Betcher, he ran that two defensive line front against the Cowboys offensive line, which outweighed that front, by the way, by a good 500, 600 pounds. Okay, you can't do that from week to week. Maybe you do that against a lighter um, offensive line, but just because it worked once for you before doesn't mean it's going to work again. No, that I I've criticized the uh, the two down linemen look that the Giants used on Monday night. I've criticized that a lot, and I guess the one thing that that bothers me about James Betcher that bothers me, and it comes back to DeAndre Baker, and it comes back to even Corey Ballantyne on Monday night in the confusion on the Amari Cooper 45-yard touchdown. You have all of these young players with athleticism. You have guys who are used to or who you brought in because of their their coverage skills. And, and is it possible in your mind that, that maybe – especially in in the back end in coverage, that part of the issue is maybe asking them to do too much, putting them in too many situations where they have to where they have to communicate and learn to pass this guy off and pass that guy off and and read where they should be. Would it be better in your mind maybe to just simplify and let these guys play more man coverage and, and use their use their natural ability? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, you have a lot of young guys back there, as you said. Why would you start them at level four when they haven't mastered level one? It just doesn't make sense. And, you know, it, it's kind of like what we're seeing with Daniel Jones. What they've done with Daniel Jones, I kind of liked the, the plan that, that they put in place to bring him along. They gave Daniel Jones stuff that he has executed before in college and let him build up that confidence. And then they add to that gradually. Why, is the not, why isn't the same philosophy being applied on the defensive side of the ball? I just don't understand it. And again, I go back to the coaches needing to be able to adapt to what they have. And what James Betcher has is not the, the Cardinal team from two or three years ago that, that was in the top ten. He's got a young defense, an inexperienced defense for the most part. He's, he's sprinkled in some of his old aging players like Antoine Bethea, who's a, a, a brilliant football mind, but you know was not the same guy he was two or three years ago. And he's trying to recreate the same results that he had, and it just doesn't work. 
You know, Patty, we talk about Betcher on that side of the ball, but I also think, you know, you mentioned Daniel Jones, and I think that this also applies on the offensive side of of the ball as well. And, And the one situation from Monday night, you know, turning the clock back to that game, the one situation that really bothered me on Monday, we, we've talked a lot about Pat, Pat Shermer's you know, in-game decision-making. The one decision that really bothered me was at the end of the first half, Giants are you know, clinging to that 12-10 to 10 lead, they, which incidentally was the first time they've led a game in five weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and you have a situation where you're on your 26-yard line. You've got 48 seconds left in the half. And, and I think what I wrote at Big Blue View is I think your bare minimum responsibility as a head coach, yes, it's nice to go try and get more points. Your bare minimum responsibility with this young team that could use a, a confidence boost is to get to the end of the half with that lead. And instead, what we see are two straight incomplete passes, then a bad interception, you know, and and, and it bothered me that they that they were that aggressive instead of just being conservative. It also bothered me that that Pat said after the game, well, we had this time, we wanted to be aggressive. Let's just go play. Why not? And to me, to me, that doesn't recognize what you're coaching that you're coaching a turnover-prone rookie quarterback on a team that really needed a boost of confidence, and you just opened the door to a huge, huge mistake. And I'm just curious, you know, I just made a nice little speech here, Patty, I know, but but I'm curious, you know, if you agree with me about that. Absolutely. I mean, you're getting the ball back to start the second half. You know, I, I look protect the lead, give everybody, you know, something to feel good about instead of something to feel bad about. I mean, and here's the other thing, Ed, and this goes back to why I keep beating the drum about Shermer not calling the plays. That's an in-game management decision. And now as the offensive coordinator, instead of seeing the big picture, he's focused on how are we going to add to our lead and pad our lead. And that's one of the reasons why I have a problem with him calling the plays. I just would like to see him, you know, I I think he can be a good head coach, but I think he's put too much on his plate right now. And I don't know how much of that is, well, because I have a rookie quarterback, I got to bring him along. I don't know if that's necessarily part of the reason, but just step back a little bit because that was a case where if maybe you didn't have to worry about, okay, what am I going to call in order to close out the half? Maybe you would have seen the bigger picture and you would have thought, you know, gone about it a different way. Yeah. I thought, you know, in terms of developing Daniel Jones, you can say, well, let him run the two minute drill. How about, you know, my perspective on that is how about, let him get to the first half without making a huge mistake. Let him get, to the end of the half, you know, with a lead. And and as you said, getting the ball to start the third quarter and let's get a good plan for that first drive and and see if we can go extend the lead. But I think, you know, on both sides of the ball, we, you know, as you said, we see, you know, Betcher with, you know, with some curious um, scheme-related things. And we see, you know, we see Pat Shermer with the situation we talked about. It just bothers me. You have to walk before you can run. 
You don't give a toddler the same responsibility that you give a 20-year-old. And and it bothers me in some respects that these guys aren't being coached, you know, like a young developing team. Yeah, I I just don't I I wonder. I mean, look, it's a it's a results oriented business. We we can all agree on that. But like you said, you've got to walk before you run. And I think part of the problem is just not embracing the fact that this is a rebuilding team like there's pressure to win and and there's this belief that you can win while you are rebuilding and to a degree that's that's accurate but now are you setting your expectations too high and just based on you know some of the coaching decisions you see and some of the play calls and whatnot I, I think it's fair to wonder if they are setting the expectations a little too high All right, folks, let's take a quick break here for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. We'll come back, talk a little bit about Jets-Giants on Sunday, and offer some, uh, some final thoughts for you. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or two million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. Ed Valentine along with our guest for today, Patricia Trena. And Patty, let's talk a little bit about Sunday's Giants-Jets game. And, and really what it comes down to for me is what do you see as the repercussions here if the Giants don't win this football game on Sunday? I wouldn't be surprised at it. There's a, a shakeup. Um, if the Giants defense has another bad performance, I could conceivably see James Betcher getting the boot. I mean, how many more weeks are we going to see the same thing? And and I know, you know, there will probably be some, some um, modifications made. You, you might see more of Grant Haley. I, I'm sorry, more of a Corey Ballantyne over Grant Haley. You might see um, 
other people, you know, you might see um, more Dion Buchanan uh, over David Mayo, some other decisions made. You might see more of Sam Beal. But the bottom line is, is if it's the same thing, the same struggles, I, I, I just, how do you go on with, with James Betcher? I mean, I know it's rare. You don't want to make a change necessarily in the middle of a season, but you got to do something before you totally lose the locker room. And I think if they suffer another bad loss, especially to a bad Jets team, I would not be stunned if there's a shakeup. Yeah, you know, the problem is, Patty, I think we all knew coming into the season how young this defense was. We all knew that there would be growing pains. We all knew that there were going to be there, there were going to be times when things didn't go well. But I think that, that the thing that you look for, John Mara talked about it, Dave Gettleman talked about it, we've all talked about it. You look for is it getting better from beginning to end? And and the hard part is, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, as we talk about, I don't see it getting better. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I see it getting better either. I mean, is the answer to simplify it? I mean, you're not you you can't really change out the um the personnel. I mean, there's only so many changes you can make. So you've got to adjust what you are doing. And if you're going to keep putting out there the two-man defensive down front, you know, with, with the two down linemen, if you're going to keep insisting on playing these loose zones when guys can't, you know, communicate and figure out who should be passing off whom or whom, whom should be where, that's, that's insanity. I mean, what's that old saying about insanity being the same thing, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results? So at that point, you really have got to take a look at what, you, what you're doing and, and see if you can't go in a different direction. Yeah, I, I hear you, Patty. I hear you. Let's just uh, let's just hope, Giants fans, that uh, that we see something a little bit better on Sunday. That we don't have to sit on uh, on, a, on on another loss, you know, through through the bye week. Patty, any for you? Any final thoughts, really, on on the rest of the season? Um, you know, on your expectations, on, on on other changes you might like to see made, pretty much anything that's on your mind as as far as the the remaining few games. I just want to see you know a competitive team, and I want to see good execution. I I really believe that these guys have talent, and I know people are going to laugh at me and say, "What are you crazy?" I do believe that this team has talent. For whatever reason, that talent hasn't been harvested. And it's very frustrating to see because you know that they you know that they can be better. Now, are some guys banged up? Absolutely. And I think that's contributing to some of what we're seeing. But you know, when I see um business decisions being made out there, I, I I'm just I don't like to see that. That's like when a fan asks me, should the Giants tank any competitor worth their weight in gold? if they believe that, then they should go and do something else. I mean, I, I don't want to see that. I want to see effort. I want to see, you know, and, and not just from the players, also from the coaching staff, because I just sense that they're they're stuck in a rut here. They're doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. All right, Patty. With that said, we'll look forward to Sunday. Giants fans, we thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.